Welcome to the Modern Manifestation Podcast. I'm your host, Bree Brown, a business mindset coach, entrepreneur, and a top competitor in a male-dominated industry. I'm a native Texan, the youngest of all brothers, and a lettuce-hating, wine-loving, curses-like-a-sailor recovering perfectionist. I've spent over a decade building my commission-based career, and my life's purpose is helping other women achieve the same multi-six-figure success I achieved before I was 25. I have a passion for helping women with mindset, money, and manifestation skills to help every young woman realize her full potential. If you're looking for vulnerable conversations, professional development, inspiration, or even a kick in the ass to get you motivated, you have come to the right place. Thanks for checking out the Modern Manifestation Podcast. Now let's jump right in to today's topic. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, all of you beautiful souls. I am so excited to bring you today's interviewee. I had the wonderful opportunity to interview Cassandra Wilder, also so boldly known as the menstruation queen. Today, we dive into a very taboo subject around a woman's menstrual cycle, your period, the time of the month, whatever you want to call it. We are diving into how a deeper understanding and connection with your own body is missing for so many of us. And we're also discouraged from talking about it. So ladies, this is for you. And it is such a critical relationship for us to understand as we strive to become more connected with our intuition and our higher selves. Cassandra is phenomenal. I've been listening to her podcast. I have been following her on Instagram and I have gained so many nuggets and so many more insights into my own menstruation cycle that I felt the need to bring this to you guys. From a career in law enforcement to a badass helping women understand their own bodies, Cassandra has been an advocate and leader for women, breaking through the awkwardness, the shame, and the taboos associated with women's monthly cycles. Y'all know that I think manifestation is about your entire life. All of the actions that you take, all the intentions that you set, and the more empowered and intentional you are about your life, the more you're going to be able to manifest and be a master manifester. So I'm so excited to be hosting Cassandra today because she is one of the leading experts about menstruation cycles. And she has a lot of great tips for helping you connect to your body, your intuition, and therefore to the foundation of your manifestation journey. Cassandra Wilder is a naturopathic doctor and leading expert in women's cyclical health. Disrupting the norm in women's reproductive health, Cassandra is helping medicine upgrade to be more encompassing and empowering for women. I know there are so many things you're going to be able to gain and so many insights about how your body functions, and I can't wait for you guys to listen in to this episode. Cassandra, thank you so, so much for joining me today. How are you? I'm so good. Thank you for having me here. Of course. I am thrilled to have you, so much so that I binged some of your podcast episodes in advance, and there are so many excellent nuggets that you share, and I hope we have time to jump into several of them during this episode, 
But the first question I want to ask you to give you an opportunity to tell us more about you, what you do, and what got you inspired to join this industry is how did you become the menstruation queen? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm, I get this question a lot because it is a bold title to claim. <laughs> and if it, yeah, I think it's important to mention it was given to me. It wasn't necessarily something I claimed, but years ago while I was in naturopathic school, I was leading retreats, women's retreats to help women feel a sense of connection to self and come home to who they really are. And my favorite thing to teach at the retreats was a workshop about menstrual health. And so I would talk about the moon and the menstrual cycles and cycle tracking and, you know, a lot of the things I still talk about now. And women would just be blown away, of course, by this information that none of us were ever taught. And so mm -hmm. over time, I had more and more women start to say, wow, Cassandra, it's, it's like you're the menstruation queen. And I, <laughs> I did not like the term at first. I was like, uh, that doesn't really resonate for me. Um, but after being called it maybe a dozen times, I thought maybe, maybe this is a sign I just need to claim this, own this, and, uh, and choose to be that person that does talk about this, this wildly taboo thing that half the population experiences. So that's what I do now is bridge that gap between the science and the spirituality of our menstrual cycles. And I, I try to be a voice for true concerns and issues that many of us experience. I love that you're doing that. I actually have had several conversations over the past few years with other female friends of mine. And inevitably, it just comes up where you start talking about your cycles and, and the taboo around it, how we were taught and raised to be secretive about it and almost shameful and like hiding your tampons and your, you know, your back pocket when you went to the restroom and not talking about you being on your period or whispering about it. And, you know, if you started, it was like the most embarrassing thing ever and how none of us want that to be the, the case for the upcoming generation. So yeah. I think it's wonderful that you are just owning that title <laughs> and just helping this become like a desensitized topic. Right. There's no reason why 50% of the population should have to like live in shame about this thing. <laughs> exactly. That's the thing. It's like, it's not a rare occurrence. So why don't we actually open it up so that women can understand what a normal cycle is? And if not, you know, have the, the education and the empowerment to get help. Mm -hmm. And what's fascinating to me is that you actually came from law enforcement before stepping yeah. into this role. How did that work out? Like, how did you initially realized that I'm going to take this step from law enforcement, which has a very different feel and energy to it, into this entirely new space. Yeah. Well, I'm often, yeah, I'm often really honest in that for most of my life, I, I lived so disconnected from myself that I never felt like I had any sovereignty to make my own decisions. So I kind of just felt like pushed or shoved to different places in life. And so the whole law enforcement thing was exactly that. It was me being disconnected from self, having no direction, having zero uh, idea of what I wanted to be or what I wanted to do, and the opportunity being there and having a lot of people really encourage me to go in that direction. And honestly, I was so miserable in it, of course. Can you imagine me like being <laughs> in the most like serious like dull like masculine. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Like the, uh, the epitome of hyper-masculine energy. And um, yeah, it was absolutely stifling. And even then add in the complexity of being a really empathetic or sensitive person. And it's, it's too much to bear really, maybe for anyone, but definitely for me. So that experience though was really powerful because it ended up being a really essential 
essential almost diving board for me to start to recognize these patterns in my life and start to recognize that if I was miserable, I was the only person that had the power to change it. So I needed to stop waiting for someone to swoop in and save me or wait for some, you know, Hollywood like moment. And instead I had to make the conscious decision to do better, to actually seek out what it is I wanted to do. And so I did the cliche, you know, quit your job, (laughs) sell everything you own and go and travel kind of thing. And that was the greatest thing I ever did, because that was where I started to dabble in the idea of the sacred feminine and cycles and later would go back to the States to get my doctorate. So I know it's it's weird to me too. When I think back, I'm like, is, is that really my life? I don't know. Well, I think it's an important message to share because a lot of people are in that place right now, especially younger women, where they might be in an industry that they thought was what would make them successful or would make them happy, but they never really did the work to figure out whether or not that is something that actually would get them there. And it's more so, you know, a lot of people are having this, I think there's this movement going on where people are looking at their day jobs and saying, is this really what brings me fulfillment? Is this really what fills my cup? And then I think there's a lot of people in that zone where they haven't quite made that step yet into either a new direction or just redirecting their current position or status, whatever. And so what advice would you have for the woman that is contemplating a complete career shift? Well, I have so much empathy because it's terrifying, frankly. You <laughs> feel like you're if you if you change or if you quit it, you know, that you're throwing away years of your life or your effort, or you, then you have to admit that you were wrong. So we attach so much meaning to what we do in the world. But you touched on something so key, and that is we know when we're not fulfilled by something. We all innately know when something is just a bad fit. And it's up to us to really dig a little deeper and to choose to take that leap, to choose to be bold enough to sit with that discomfort and find something that does resonate. So what I would say is trust your gut, because if you know something's off, it is really off. (laughs) And that clarity is what will give you the guidance for the next step. Mm, Absolutely. And it's funny you mentioned trusting your gut, because I often hear women tell me that they struggle to connect with their intuition or that gut. And I've heard you talk about this connection a lot in other podcasts that you have done. What advice would you have for the woman who feels that their connection to their intuition has been suppressed or they're they're misreading that gut feeling maybe or just maybe don't know how to identify it? Yeah, that's a really good question. Honestly, most of us were we're taught to be linear. We were taught to be logical. And I think we all know what it feels like to be shamed for our emotions or maybe more of those gut responses. So what I hear from a lot of people is the idea of like, how can I be intuitive, Cassandra? Or how, how can I trust this feeling? It doesn't make sense, right? That's what you hear people mm-hmm. say. And it's it's almost funny. It's almost ironic because your gut feelings will never make sense. They're the opposite of, <laughs> of logic, of, of a linear way of thinking. So in connecting to your intuition, I find beautifully to kind of bring all this full circle, the more we connect to our cycle, the more we connect to our womb and our innate patterns as women, the more we connect to what it feels like to to really feel yes and to really feel no in our bodies. And it's a practice. So at first, it may be really challenging to know how to really read what the body is saying, right? To really know what a hell yes is. But the more you trust your intuition, the clearer it becomes. So it, it's a kind of a, similar to that last question, like it's a leap before the net appears kind of sensation, and then it all becomes easier. 
I love that. And I'm also right now reading Elizabeth Gilbert's Big Magic book. And I loved, actually, it was last night reading the section where she was like, your intuition works in the weirdest ways. And sometimes it might be like, stop in that coffee shop at 6 p.m. And you're like, why would I go into that coffee shop? I don't need coffee. Um, And for whatever reason, your gut's telling you to do it. And maybe you walk in and meet some publisher that you were trying to get in touch with or something. She's like, it doesn't have to make sense. It's those spontaneous moments where the universe is trying to help you manifest what you want. And it's just, it has to take you down a certain path you normally wouldn't go down in order for you to find that answer. And it takes a special mind-body connection to your intuition, like the one you're talking about, to have the awareness to say yes and go. Exactly. And yeah, I think you said it perfectly. It always happens in the weirdest way. It's never like, oh yeah, I'm definitely going to do this today. It's like a, what? That I always go this way (laughs) or I never do something like that. Why do I feel so drawn to it? It's so interesting. I love it. And so you touched on the mind-body connection and how we as women can be better attuned to our menstrual cycles. And you also talk about in your podcast how women should start to track these cycles and also the moon phases and how those things could correlate together. Can you talk a little bit more about the tracking of your menstrual cycle and what advice you would have for women that are new to this concept and what benefits they might have for doing this? Mm, So life-changing. I'm glad you're asking this question. Our cycles are our innate productivity patterns as women, and we've all been falsely led to believe that we are meant to be constant and same and at 100% all the time, and we're cyclical beings. Everything about us from our, our mood and our libido, our sociability, everything fluctuates throughout the month in unison with our hormones. So when people think of their cycles, they usually just think of their period, right? The time of the month when they're bleeding. But there are four distinct phases of our menstrual cycle that encompass the entire month. And the more we understand these four phases, wow, the the more we have the blueprint to really live with our bodies and really make peace with our cyclical nature. So when you look at those four phases, and those range from your follicular phase, that phase right after your period, you could think of that as like your inner spring feeling. So you feel slowly more energized, more social. Estrogen is surging here. So we feel good. We feel sexy. We feel energized. (laughs) And then we come into ovulation, which would be the equivalent of like that inner summer. So we're fertile. We're creative. We're in a space of building and doing. Everything about us is really lit up in this way of making something new, just like our body wants to build a new life, our energy levels want to create. Then when we dip into our luteal phase, we come into our inner fall. This is the longest phase of the entire cycle, 10 to 14 days. And also when people can experience a lot of those less uh, pleasant symptoms as well, Mm -hmm. things like PMS and bloating and acne and all of that. But this season's really significant because we notice a huge reduction in our energy levels and our social nature. And so it's it's like that season of fall, wanting to come inward and cozy up and be more reflective, finish and complete things around us. Mm. Progesterone's also the star of the show in this phase. And so if we have enough progesterone, we feel really calm and balanced and fairly zen. And if we don't feel that, well... That might be something to address, right? That might be a a sign that progesterone's a little on the low end. And then lastly, we have our period. So that's our inner winter when our hormones are at their lowest points of the entire cycle. And genuinely, our body craves rest, 
It says, this is a time of resting and receiving and reflecting when truly the, the natural desire to want to sit on the couch with a cup of tea and like read a book <laughs> all day is biology. That's what your body is attuned to doing and what it has done for thousands of years. So just that, that little, you know, what was that? Three minutes of cycle talk is more education than most of us ever got about our periods. And hopefully that's also far more usable than any education we had about our Mm -hmm. periods. And then when the more we track our cycle, the more we have a, like I said, the blueprint to understand what our body will be doing and how we can plug the rest of our life into our own cycle. I love that. And what's so funny is that I was watching your Instagram reels the other day and you had an Instagram reel about (laughs) the education of our menstrual cycles in school. And I was like, oh my God, I remember that. It was like, for me, it was like, I'm pretty sure they modified some magic school bus thing to somehow talk (laughs) about hormones. And I was like, I don't get it. What is happening? Right. But anyway. (laughs) Yeah, it was totally unusable. Very awkward. Yeah, Mm -hmm. not... Here's a bag of pad and tampons. Don't talk about it. Hide it in your backpack before the guys see it. Exactly. And not just like how I'm. Yeah. And um, do you remember how big those pads were? They were like diapers. They're like diapers. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Massive. Yeah. Oh, it was so bad. Yeah. (laughs) You talked a lot about how women and men are cycling differently. And so women cycle in the over 28 days and men cycle almost on a day to day basis. What can employers do to help support women that are going through their cycle or just being respectful of the fact that we have totally different energy phases and that we might be more apt to doing something one day and then something totally different the next? What do you think could be done in our day-to-day lives to, to just help and honor the fact that women have a very different energy and a different hormone cycle than our male counterparts in a lot of our industries when the male cycle has been the one that's been honored? Hmm, This is a profound question. And I wish every employer was asking this question of (laughs) of how can I set up the workplace to not only be conducive to people with male hormones, but also people that are cyclical. Because like you said, the, the nine to five and most constructs in our world are based around male productivity patterns. Testosterone works and and men work on a circadian rhythm. So every 24 hours it circulates. And so if you look at the pattern of testosterone, it replenishes itself all night. And then in the morning, it really surges up. So people that primarily run on testosterone would feel really good waking up, doing a really intense workout, fasting, you know, getting into the office around nine, they're social, they're productive, they're on point. And then by the (laughs) end of the day, you know, what do a lot of men, for example, want to do when they come home from work? They're like in veg out mode, you know, their testosterone is really dropped again, and they're not in a place to like, have a really serious conversation or, (laughs) you know, like deep dive into a lot of things. Now, women, though, have a similar cycle, but it's drawn out over 28 days. And so we don't just have like two hours of feeling a little more reflective and restful. It's like three to five days, you know? Mm-hmm. And so women primarily work on more of an infradian rhythm. And that's what makes a, a huge difference between our productivity patterns. And this is also why a lot of women struggle over time in more of a nine to five setting because it does deplete and burn us out. It's forcing us into a pattern that was never, never created with us in mind. So if what a different world it would be if employers were cultivating a container for women that honored their cyclical nature to an extent, and it would be so easy to implement. 
in that we already have the blueprint for how women's productivity patterns work. So in the beginning of her cycle, set her up with a lot of the big meetings and social events and, you know, cold calling and gatherings, things that are really focused around that surge of estrogen around ovulation. This would be a great time to work long hours to really complete these, you know, big projects, these things that are, that are, you know, time sensitive and then into more of that luteal phase, everything is set up beautifully for more of the back end like work. So emails and blog writing and copyright and, mm-hmm. you know, more of the tedious tasks. And then what if this is me being like really bold here? <laughs> By all means. <laughs> With our periods, it was more set up that instead of, you know, a, a Saturday, Sunday off, what if during the first half of our cycle where we did feel good, we worked more? So that by the end of our cycle in our period phase, there was genuinely an ability to take three to five days off, you know, back to back. I know that's, that's maybe the next level. We don't have to start there, but (laughs) we are doing all these tasks all the time anyways. And so it would just be a matter of organizing them differently throughout the month. That's so simple. Mm, That is phenomenal insight. And let me tell you, I'm here for those three to five days off at the end of our cycle. (laughs) Uh-huh. <laughs> I can't help but feel like there's this wave of women that are all wanting to move into being their own entrepreneurs. And I wonder how much of that is our intuition telling us that this nine to five, this work schedule that we're on does not jive with our hormones and our, our bodily system, even if we're not aware of it, even if we don't really know about our menstruation cycle just yet. I feel like there's so many of us that are just being pushed into becoming entrepreneurs And I'm just, again, I'm just wondering how much of it is like this cycle of all of us becoming more aware and feeling this energy and being propelled into this more risky business in order to honor our own cycles and finally being in a place where we can do that. Mm. I think you're spot on, actually. I think we maybe don't have the words to describe that in the moment. But yeah, we feel like this isn't working working for me. I'm burnt out. I'm tired all the time. There's got to be a better way. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I remember when I first got into my industry about 10 years ago, all the guys in my office, and and it was a male-dominated industry, and they were all giving me these books, and they were like, you're waking up at 4.30 every morning, you go get your workout, you do this, you do that, you get to the office by 7.30, be the first one in, last one to leave, and and they were just like, do this, you hit the phones by this time, and it was just like, you know, and you're going to keep that schedule every single day for the rest of your life, and I was like, oh God, (laughs) it sounds so terrible. And it's it's no wonder that, you know, people that are extremely type A like myself over time do have that burnout in that moment of this isn't working for me. I need to reevaluate whether or not this is actually bringing me fulfillment in life. And is there a way where I can do the same job I'm doing now happily, but modifying my schedule and being able to build in more autonomy within my employer so that I can honor that and, and not have to dive into this historical masculine way of doing things? Yes. Yes, times 100. Everything you just said. <laughs> Amen. And you mentioned in one of your podcast episodes, and I I might be botching or butching this statistic, so feel free to correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd mentioned that at one time, about 90% of women would ovulate around the same time, and that would coincide with the moon phases. Can you talk a little bit about when we got away from that or how we got away from that and what we can do to try to recycle or resync up with the moon phases? Yes. So uh, many years ago when people were living in more tight-knit communities, villages, uh, tribes even, 
everything was synced and cycled around the moon phases. And when we think of our female bodies, you know, we've got these four distinct phases. There's also four distinct phases of the moon. And so they Mm -hmm. plugged in beautifully together where in most cultures, and you are totally right, 90% of them would bleed with the new moon, that time when the sky is black, and then would ovulate with the full moon. And even, you know, today, if you're into gardening or harvesting or anything like that, you already know that there are key times of the moon phases that are better for planting and better for harvesting Mm -hmm. and, you know, all the little intricate steps of it. The farmer's almanac. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And uh, even today, statistically still, more babies are likely um, to be made with a full moon than any other time. More babies are born on a full moon than any other time. Crime goes up with a full moon. So it's no... It's not a far-fetched thing to say that we're influenced by the moon, but what does that really mean? When we think of these these tight-knit communities, when everything was scheduled and synced with the moon time, it really gave them that, that space or that container to be cyclical because they recognize that with the seasons, with the moon phases, with our own bodies, everything has a season of life and everything has a season of death and releasing. So it's very different to how we structure our world here now. A large, you know, reason why we got away with this was the invention of modern light. And so our bodies used to read, you know, with our pituitary gland or our pineal gland, the light around us. And so if there was light, that meant there was a full moon. That was the only light that existed. Now, most of us sleep, you know, with a phone and a nightlight and a TV. <laughs> and, you know, it's just, it's insane. So our bodies have no way to know where in the moon cycle we are. So our cycles start to change. And this definitely influences hormones and how our pineal gland operates. And honestly, one of the suggestions I will give my clients if they're having severe hormone irregularities is to sleep in complete blackness, because that's enough to reset how the brain and the ovaries itself communicates. How how interesting is that? Mm. And that kind of answers your, your third question, which was, how do we reconnect to that, that sinking method? And that is to sleep in blackness for three months. And then for month four, five, and six, sleep with a small light on in your bedroom. And what that'll do is teach your body, this is what it means to have a new moon. This is what it means to have a full moon. <laughs> it becomes very easy for you to actually menstruate with the new moon, ovulate with the full moon. That is fascinating. I am super guilty of sleeping with my TV on, or at least going to sleep with it on, and had no idea that this could be another cause for hormone disruption. So, wow, that's great advice. And I know that the moon phases also have very similar cycles in that, in in terms of what they bring out in people. If it's the new moon, you feel a little bit more introspective, which very much aligns with the, the period cycles as well. Is it possible if your menstrual cycle is not currently aligned with the moon phases and perhaps you're in your full moon phase while the actual moon is in its new moon phase, can these cycles and the influences on you end up canceling each other out like waves? Good question. Normally, it doesn't have a full-on cancel-out effect, but what I do normally tell people is honor what your body is doing first and foremost because even if it's a full moon and you want to be out there, you know, gathering, like us in a normal year, gathering with other humans and, uh, you know, <laughs> connecting and having fun and being really social, if you're menstruating, likely your body's going to say, no, actually, we're staying in today and that's that. <laughs> so, however, they can provide beautiful, um, kind of a beautiful lesson amongst each other. So, 
if we're in one phase, say our, our ovulation phase with a new moon, perhaps with that creative energy, we can also be more reflective in terms of finding different solutions or different ways of moving about things. So they can actually enhance each other. And I think that's really profound. Mm, that is such great advice, especially for my fellow perfectionists who want to be in total alignment. And it's okay that we're not just there yet. I will be making a mental note of that for sure. What advice would you have for the woman who is contemplating working with you? Or what do you wish she knew before working with you? It's mm, a beautiful question. There's so many, there's so many different things. I think, um, I wish more women knew what normal was in their body so that they knew when things were starting to shift and when they needed to bring attention to their body. So because most of us didn't get an education about our cycles, we often wait until something is pretty extreme before thinking to get help, you know? So by the time we get help, we're spotting half the month and our periods are really heavy and we can't get out of bed for two days and we have a migraine and, you know, it becomes this really in intense, exaggerated series of events. And so by the time they come to me, we've got so, we've got a lot of rebalancing to do. So the first and foremost, I think learning what your body's normal is, making a really solid list of the symptoms you're experiencing, and then truly assessing, is this, is this normal? Is this how I'm supposed to be feeling? The really, really crucial first step. So when, by the time then you come to a specialist like me, we have the tools then to really start to deep dive in. Cycle tracking also is so essential because inevitably my first question is going to be, how long is your cycle and how many days are your period? <laughs> <laughs> and surprisingly, a lot of people wouldn't know that. A lot of people don't, no. So usually it's, it's through like my Instagram or, or my podcast that they're like, <laughs> oh, I should be tracking my cycle. Okay. Yeah, I was listening to one of your episodes and I actually went on to my app. I keep the Flow app on my phone just because I like that one. And I went to it and started looking at what my average cycle was. And I was like, oh, why didn't I know this off the top of my head? Right. It's kind of out of sight, out of mind, I guess. For sure. How can a woman know whether or not her hormones are out of balance? Because I feel like everyone has a friend where they talk about hormone fluctuations or they're trying to work through something either nutritionally or, you know, maybe they're trying to get pregnant or what have you. How do we know when our hormones aren't where they should be in order to start trying to listen to our body and taking note of these things like you mentioned? Mm-hmm. Hormone imbalances are usually going to have some connection to an extreme symptom. So for example, in terms of hormones, some of the most common imbalances you see are things like high estrogen or low progesterone or imbalanced cortisol, you know, too much stress. And all of these have pretty defined symptoms that come along with them. So for example, with like high estrogen, we tend to see the really exaggerated heavy side of cycles. So we might have really long periods we're bleeding seven, eight, nine days, and we're going through a pad an hour and now we're spotting part of the month. And we have this extra weight in our belly that just won't budge and sex drive. Yeah, like what sex drive, right? Like don't touch me. <laughs> and, you know, so we kind of get the extreme side on one, on one end. Then you look at like low progesterone and that could be totally different. That could be a total cycle length that's like 21 days and their periods are very scant and they're tired all the time. They feel frail. They feel like their skin is aging and their hair is thinning. And they, they really lack that zest or that energy for life. So anytime you notice an extreme symptom, it's really powerful to start to see what other symptoms may come along with it. 
I'll be honest, a lot of hormone imbalances kind of intertwine together in that they're all connected. So it's, it would be pretty rare to have just one thing out of balance amongst everything else. But if you feel like something is out of balance, it probably is. And genuinely, that's the kind of thing you want to address at the beginning. You don't want to wait five years when you're like, I need a baby, <laughs> you know, <to> finally <laughs> reach out because it's going to be, it's going to take a little bit of time to get to the root of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And listening to, not only yourself, but others as well in the health industry. It's been fascinating to me learning all the different hormone disruptors there are out there. And I worked with a nutritionist about two years ago, and she just asked the question, what are you using for your general personal hygiene products? Mm. And we went through that list and, and she's, you know, had me get rid of a lot of those. I ended up donating most of them and just getting newer products. And I started feeling so much better. And I was like, I would have never thought to change the products that I had used since I was a kid to something else because of hormone disruptions. And even things like changing out my water bottle from a plastic water bottle to a, a glass water bottle and, and toothpaste, shampoo, conditioner, face wash. I mean, everything. It's like we just don't really know how much we're being affected by the things around us that we're using every single day. Mm -hmm. It's scary, isn't it? When you start to peel back the layers down to your deodorant and your lotion and your soap and your water bottle. Yeah, there's, there's a lot. Absolutely. Listening to your episodes, I actually caught a few that were on manifestation. What is your or how did you learn about manifestation? And what would you say your favorite manifestation story is? Mm. So it's funny, I manifested before I knew what manifestation was. <laughs> I think like a lot of us are that way. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. We're like, I didn't like I asked for this, but there was no formality to it, and now it's here. So it's super funny. But yeah, the first time I ever manifested was manifesting a, a different type of partner. And at that time it was when I was still working in law enforcement. So you, you know, you can imagine the kind of people you're surrounded by are not not necessarily the type of ideal partner you would maybe want. And I'm not becoming the menstruation queen. <laughs> no, oh <my> God. <laughs> no. I remember making a list of the dream attributes of this partner or this relationship I wanted. And I remember thinking that would be so amazing. But then also having, you know, my previous mindset really step in and be like, yeah, but like that's going to happen. You know, there was no real belief in it. And lo and behold, about six months later, I was in Costa Rica and there's this person that just pops into my life that's the exact person on that list. And so it was in talking to him that he was the first person that said, you manifested this. And I was like, I, <laughs> I manifested this. And so as he described the practice of it, I was so blown away. And manifestation really is that simple in that, as you said, too, usually it's it's happening when we're not even aware of it. So even the most minute thoughts become those vibrational kinds of change that create our reality, which is both really exciting and kind of scary, <laughs> depending on uh, what our <laughs> mindset is and what it is we're thinking on a daily basis. So it's, yeah, it's incredible. I manifested finding my naturopathic school, the most incredible clients, this beautiful home I'm in. It really becomes accessible as soon as you put that intention out there. Mm -hmm. I love it. And that's actually one of the reasons why I reached out to you is because I believe manifestation is not just the thoughts and the things that we're trying to attract, but it's also the action and the daily ways in which we live our life. And I think the more empowered and intentional you can be about the different facets of your life, which a huge part for women is our menstruation cycle, is the best way to get to a place of manifesting everything that it is that you're desiring. 
Mm. Yeah, that's a great connection. It's kind of like the more, the more in flow, the more in my feminine I get to be, the easier life gets to be. And that's a, that's a really big reframe from like hustle and work hard and, (laughs) you know, work to the bone every day where you're like, I feel horrible, but I'm like kind of successful, I guess. That doesn't feel Mm -hmm. good. Out hustle that person next to you. I'm so, I'm so over that word. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know. First one into the office, last one to leave. I know. Oh, God, those days. <laughs> like, you and your testosterone. Okay. <laughs> and are you going to start banging your fist on the table too and telling me everything else you need to be doing? Uh-huh. <laughs> it has been so wonderful connecting with you. I have really enjoyed our conversation. Where can people go to find you? Thank you, Brie. This has been so fun. I'm on Instagram at the menstruation queen. So pop on over and say hi. And then also my website, CassandraWilder.com. Perfect. And for anyone that's interested in working with you, do you have any sessions coming up or any courses coming up? Yes. So if you're interested in balancing your cycle, or if you feel like when I was uh, speaking to some of those hormone imbalances and you were like, oh my God, that's me. She just described me. Then that's something you want to address. I have my signature offering period reboots where it is the ultimate blueprint to healing your cycle, your hormones, and helping you feel empowered throughout the month. So the doors will be open soon. And that's CassandraWilder.com slash period. Excellent. And I will make sure to tag all of these things in the show notes, as well as include the link to your podcast, Goddess Ceremony, and as well as your courses and everything else. Cassandra, thank you so much for connecting with me today. Thank you. It's been so fun. Thank y'all for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you took notes because there were so many wonderful pieces of information dropped here by Cassandra. I will link all the ways to get in touch with Cassandra in the show notes. That way you can easily go and connect with her in a more meaningful way. I highly recommend that you go follow her on Instagram, check out her podcast, The Goddess Ceremony. Also head over to her website and join her mailing list. That way you guys are the first to know when her menstruation course goes live. Thank you all so much for joining us today. And as always, if there are any nuggets of information that you think a good friend could benefit from, please share this episode and then rate and review so you can help others like you find out about this podcast. Have a fantastic rest of the week, and I will catch y'all next Monday. Until then, go out there and manifest some miracles. Thank you all so much for hanging out with me today. If you enjoyed this podcast, hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with new episodes. As always, we would love it if you would share this episode with friends and family who could use the inspiration. As a new podcast show, we would really appreciate your honest feedback so I know what you like and what you could use more of. As a thank you for leaving us a rating, we will send you our seven weekly tips to create space for abundance. Make sure you screenshot your review and email it to us at hello at the T-H-E modernmanifestation.com so we can send them straight to your inbox. If you'd like to stay connected, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook at Modern Manifestation, or you can head to our website at themodernmanifestation.com. Thanks again for joining me, and I will catch y'all in the next episode.